On this week's show, we have a COVID outbreak in the NFL. We have conferences returning to play in college football. And three women make history during a single NFL game. In our two-minute history lesson, we tell the story of Bob St. Clair, NFL player by day, mayor of Daly City, California by night. Sounds like a Batman or a, a comic book hero. That and much more this week in the world of football. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 164 for September 29th, 2020. I'm your host, Randy Snow, and across the table from me, as always, is my son, Adam. Three times a winner this weekend, and I'll save that for later. Just going to tease that now. Are you talking fantasy football crap again? I said three times a winner. I don't know how many leagues you're in. I'm only in two, and you know what? Spoiler alert. Yeah, I won two games in fantasy league, and... Uh, we got one more game to talk about. We come to you each week from the World of Football Man Cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. From the NFL to the CFL, college, high school, and indoor football, we inform and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this, all this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So let's review what happened this past week, starting with Adam and the World of Football scoreboard. That is correct. Week three of the NFL went off with pretty much no hitches this week. We'll talk about uh, some... Yeah, who knows uh, what's going to happen next week. Hitches uh, (laughs) for week four, maybe, but... We have our first game of the weekend, which was Thursday night. We we had the Beard versus the Stash. Mm, yes. And I guess the Beard won out as uh, Fitzmagic <laughs> uh, uh, defeated the Jaguars 31-13. to Nobody saw that coming. I think everybody no. was kind of leaning Jaguars, yeah. including us. Yeah, we both picked the Jaguars uh, to win that game. Last Miami, week. this is their first win by 10 points or more since... 2005? Week 13 of 2017. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Miami looked fantastic all game long. I mean, this is a few days ago. I don't know how much of the game you remember, but uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick just unbelievable. They said during the broadcast he he was 37 years old, and no other player on the team was over the age of 30. <laughs> I just thought that was in, interesting and incredible, and uh, he looked great. Uh, yeah. Miami came to play. I don't remember if I stayed up for this whole game or not. I watched the early part of the game, and both quarterbacks were doing well early on. But in the end, yeah, it was uh, Fitzpatrick that uh, um, his light shone a lot brighter than Gardner Minshew. And for another week, he gets to keep uh, Tua Tungavaloa <laughs> at bay. On the bench. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving into the Sunday action. The Pittsburgh Steelers continued their winning ways, remaining unbeaten, defeating the Texans 28-21. Uh, this also makes the Texans 0-3. Who would have thought? I mean, yeah. I mean, the Texans, they, they had a tough schedule to start this season. You start off with uh, the Chiefs, then you go to the Ravens, and here you are playing the Steelers, who are probably three of the best teams yeah. in the AFC. That's a tough start. Uh, that's a tough way to start your season. And I by no means think the Texans are a terrible team. It's just, man, you just got the worst end of the draw there. Uh, this is Pittsburgh's first 3-0 and start since? 2005. 2010. Come on, stop giving me the same answer. 
Uh, moving on to the next game, this should be a fascinating one for people. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals went into Philadelphia, and despite Carson Wentz throwing his uh, third straight game of two interceptions, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals came out with a tie. tie. <laughs> yeah. It feels so weird to say that. Another I mean, tie, yeah. Another year, no tie. I mean, but they have the Eagles highlighted like they won, but it was a tie. They they are both o two and one. So another year, another tie. I, I feel like we've had a tie in every year for the last yeah, three was, or four years there were now. Several last year, but yeah, we were both picking the Bengals to win that game. I was, I really thought that they could pull it out. They but... look like they could. Joe Burrow still looks fantastic yeah, for being a rookie. Yeah. I don't think he's he threw an interception. He's going to get that first win here real soon. He's the yeah rookie of the year. I think he's just got so much potential, and he's really carrying that Bengals team. Uh, so good for that kid. Moving on, speaking of carrying, the 49ers carried the Giants all over the field all day, uh, <laughs> defeating them 36-9. to mm. uh, Unbelievable game, even without starting quarterback uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in. A lot of injuries on that 49ers side, and the Giants just had no answers. Mm. Uh, moving on, the Las Vegas Raiders, that's right, I said it correct, yeah. went into New England and played the Patriots, who came out with a victory 36-20 over those Raiders. Uh, unbelievable game for Rex Burkhead of New England. He had three scrimmage touchdowns, which is a career high. The dude was just eating up yardage. Hmm. Uh, good win, and that's the first time, I believe, that uh, the Raiders have returned to New England with John Gruden as their head coach hmm. since the infamous tuck rule game in those Ooh, playoffs so yeah. many years ago that started that Patriots dynasty. <laughs> yep. uh, moving on, a great game I happened to catch was the Tennessee Titans getting a narrow victory over the Minnesota Vikings, 31-30. to The Titans improved to 3-0. The Vikings fall to 0-3. And this is Tennessee's first 3-0 start since... 1984. You know they haven't been around that long. <laughs> 2008. Uh, good for the Titans. But we do have some... I don't know if you want to tackle the news right now while we're talking about the Titans, because breaking news today was that there were three players and five staff members for the Titans that have tested positive for COVID-19. And uh, because of that, the Vikings have shut down practices today. Their yeah. facilities shut down. The Titans, it is said that they're shut down till Saturday mm-hmm. uh, with news that they, the NFL still thinks they can play that game on Sunday, which Boy, I can't believe. I don't know about that. I, uh, maybe not on Sunday, but I bet you that game gets pushed back to Monday night I don't know if I'd... they play it at all. That'd be kind of tough to, to switch that game. Of course, you know, you don't have fans to worry about. I mean, as long as the two teams are in town, uh, you can play that game whenever. Uh, the, the TV people might have a, a conniption over that. But, you know, you don't have to worry about, oh, well, what do we do about tickets and this and that? Uh, nobody's there. I think a lot of people are freaking out over this, and I don't think you need to just yet. Uh, we'll see how things pan out later in the week. This could be just the first ripple. It could be. Uh, but I think, you know, the way the NFL's had their testing protocols done, they've, they've pretty much done a real good job at keeping things down. I, I could see this just being just a tiny little blip. Uh, they may or may not have to, you know, have them replay the game later on this season, which is fine. Uh, that's the best-case scenario right now. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if they also let them play this weekend. That that would be uh, interesting yeah, the, to see as well. Yeah, the Titans are supposed to play the Steelers this week, so that yeah, could affect the Steelers. the Steelers game, you know, no fault of theirs. At and, this point, and as long as things go well for the Vikings, they should be fine. But if they if some positive tests pop up, they they have a deal with the uh, Texans this week. Right? Yeah, they go down to Houston. For so a game. so we'll see how that works. Uh, uh, we might have to cancel out some picks if uh, if they don't well, play we'll, those games. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll just uh, line those out. But yeah, yeah uh, it 
I don't know this to me, you know, you're thinking, Oh, this is no big deal. It'll, it'll, it'll pass. But yeah, I think this could be the start of the beginning of the end. Maybe where I, I won't it's just going to go worse and worse and worse. I won't go that far. I think right now we're in the very early, it just happened today, a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how well they can, you know, get their ducks in a row. Maybe, right. maybe things clear up. Maybe they're false positives. Right. Or We've false. seen that before. So we'll see. Uh, I'm not going to lose, you know, sleepover just yet. I feel like the NFL has done a really good job at handling this sort of stuff. Right. Well, that was when they were all in their own little, you know, bubble at their own practice facility. True, but I mean, you're... they've gone three weeks. This is they've completed three full weeks without any incident. So here's your first one. I think this is a big test. I mean, baseball did the same thing. You know, they we were kind of scared at first when baseball started getting. Yeah, they did have a rocky start uh, in baseball. But they eventually kind of figured things out, readjusted the way they needed to, and here they are. They're about to start their postseason. Uh, pretty much without a hitch. And I feel like the NFL is in a lot better of a spot. Um, hmm. So we can debate on, you know, bubble or no bubble, but yeah. I think the NFL should be fine unless something crazy happens between now and Friday when they probably make a decision. Uh, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, well, let's move on. The Washington football team fell to the Cleveland Browns 34-20. to uh, the Browns have scored 30-plus points in two straight games for the first time since... Uh, 1999. 2010. <laughs> uh, I see where he went with 1999. <laughs> uh, moving on, the Rams almost, and I mean almost, were able to get a comeback against the Buffalo Bills, who were up at one point, 28-3. But the Bills closed the game out. They won 35-32. to on like a last second, I think there's like 15 seconds left on the clock, but Josh Allen led him on a great drive there at the end of the game. Uh, Josh Allen, 300-plus passing yards in three straight games. Unbelievable. This, this kid has jumped out towards the front of the pack with the MVP race. Mm. Uh, who I didn't see this coming. I thought Allen would be okay. I, I thought the Bills would be a solid team, not a great team, but mm. right now they're humming. They're 3-0. and They beat a good Rams team. Yep. So we'll see where they're uh, future co- ends up going. Yeah, we'll see how they how they do when they got to go on the road for a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll see. But at home, yeah, they're a darn good team at home. Yep. Uh, the next game, how about this? The Chicago Bears ended up beating the Falcons thirty to twenty six. No big deal, right? Except for when you take into account that the Falcons again blew a big lead. They were up. Oh man, what was the score? It was like twenty to six, something crazy like that. It was. It was maybe not even. You know they they were up multiple scores. The Bears ended up benching Mitchell Trubisky. They ended up putting in uh, former Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. He led them to three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to beat the Falcons thirty to twenty six. That's the second week in a row the Falcons have blown a big lead to lose the game. And the Falcons now zero and three. The Bears miraculously at three and zero. Uh, and Atlanta, this is their first 0-3 start since? 2001. Close, 2007. Hmm. Uh, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, it was, I was surprised that he was the starting quarterback and that he led him to two wins. Long? Yeah, he led him to two wins, and uh, and he wasn't doing very good, so they took him out, put in Nick Foles. I think it's Nick Foles' team well, now. They, they announced that he's the yeah. new starter yeah. from here on out. Mitchell Trubisky, uh, <laughs> enjoy that bench because I don't think you're going to see I mean, Mitchell Trubisky anymore. looked like a Hall of Famer playing the Detroit Lions, and he has looked like a Hall of Famer against the Lions the last Everybody looks like a Hall of Famer when they play Detroit. Uh, we'll get there. I'm pretty <laughs> sure somebody this weekend did not. But, but I'm really surprised that Nick Foles wasn't named the starter at the beginning of the season. I'm not. I think, you know, you, you give – 
Trubisky a shot to, to prove everybody wrong. And you, I think seeing him kind of crash and burn like he did against the Falcons just gives you justification to be like, all right, yep, you're benched. Yeah. So yeah, I've just never cared for. We'll him, see. But... I think the Bears are the most overrated three and O team. Uh, I definitely don't I think, think so, they're yes. as good as their record entails. Yeah, they totally. beat I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what their future holds. I mean, three and O is still three and O. So yeah. I'll give you that. I mean, right. it's hard to do in the NFL. All right, the Carolina Panthers got a win against Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers, twenty-one to sixteen. This is the first win for Carolina. Since week nine of last season, so uh, a, a long losing streak snuffed out, uh, which is kind of a theme uh, <laughs> that we'll also touch on. A lot of that going around. A lot of that going around. Uh, how about this for losing streaks? The 0-3 Jets now fell uh, on Sunday to the Indianapolis Colts, 36-7. to hmm. uh, Phillip Rivers is the sixth quarterback in NFL history with 400-plus passing yards. Wow. So, big day against the Jets, and uh, I believe even some Jets fans made it out to that game in Indianapolis just to chant, fire Gase. (laughs) Head coach Adam Gase definitely on the hot seat after uh, that blowout. Yeah, I read something today that, uh, I don't know who was speculating this, but they said he could be gone if they lose next week. Well, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. The NFL is a crazy place. All right. Also on Sunday, how about this losing streak snap? The Detroit Lions, that's right, our beloved Honolulu Blue and Silver Losers finally get a win in the win column this year after 11 months without a victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost a whole year. Almost a whole year. Boy, talk about <laughs> suffering. 26-23, they ended up with a last-second field goal as time expired thanks to Matt Prater's 39-yard kick. Matthew Stafford led him on a great drive. For, you know, He was 4-for-4 four four on the drive. Even had a touchdown called back on a holding call and still was able to get his team in position to win the game. Uh, Kyler Murray, though, as good as he looked at times, looked just as bad throwing three interceptions to the Lions, which is the first, uh, a first for the Lions, being plus three in the turnover department. And uh, the Cardinals were a team I've been high on. What were your thoughts on the Cardinals? Uh, well, you and I both picked the Cardinals last week yep. to win, and I am I was never so happy to be wrong on a pick. I mean, I mean anytime the Lions win. I want my win, Lions win, but I really didn't think they'd do it. Anytime they win, I'm happy. Yeah. But the only thing is I, I, I don't want to get suckered into, oh, they, they're turning it around because yeah, they do I, this to us all the time. You know what? I will take a win. I will expect nothing, <laughs> and when they pull it off, I will be happy. Yeah. And, well, and this is the third win for me this weekend. Yes, I had two fantasy football wins, and I had this. So I consider this a big victory this weekend. Well, they were saying that the Lions had lost uh, four straight games where they had a double-digit lead. And so when they got up by a field goal or seven two or three, or... yeah, it wasn't by 10 points. So, so I was really hoping they wouldn't get a 10-point lead because that's when Detroit plays the best. If it's a close game, you know, if they're within, you know, six, seven points of the other team, the the lead goes back and forth several times, as it did in this game. And when you're when you're that close at the end, you give um, Matthew Stafford the ball. What was it like? Four minutes, four and a half minutes. Yeah, four and a half minutes. I couldn't believe he that ate they... up that whole four and a half minutes. Worked down the field, got him the field goal that won him the game. That's what Matthew Stafford does. That's what this team needs to That's do. That's when he's at his Stay best. Stay close and give put the ball in Stafford's hands yeah. at the end of the game. He gives you the ch- best chance to win if you give it to him at the end with a chance. Yep. Uh, and on the other side, though, poor Kyler Murray, he completed only one pass in the fourth quarter. I couldn't believe that when I heard that stat. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was like two in the whole second half. Man, it was probably more than that. But, I mean, still, to 
just in crunch time, you know, the, I mean, still a young player, and he looked fantastic yeah. for the most part. I mean, those two of the three interceptions, I won't blame on him. But, man, you, you can't go out and throw three interceptions and hope to win. And the Lions yeah. could have easily just given away that game, so I'm not taking – Right. Any. Right. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not here to say the Lions are back and that no, they're, no, no. they're going to win. No, they were never here game. to begin with. No, and, and they've got a tough game this week, uh, home against the Saints. Oh yeah. So uh, I don't. I don't see them walking over anybody. It's still no. a, a rough schedule for them, but uh, this, like I said, this is a game that that they uh, needed to win really bad, uh, and they did. And uh, we'll just see where they go from here. Well, we'll see. They. I think their opponents' records combined from here on out are six and eighteen. Mm. So not too bad, but sure. I'm not like I said, not getting hoped up. I'm gonna go into every week expecting to lose. If our defense plays like they played this past weekend, they'll have a decent shot to, you know, to stay close fool, in these games. I'll give you fool's gold because <laughs> they they played. This is the first time they played fifty fifty zone and man in mm. a game, and the theory is that it's because they were playing a running quarterback. Mm. Do you remember the last time the defense looked this good? Uh, last year when they played Arizona in Detroit. No, they didn't play Arizona. Oh, I'm sorry, Kansas City. Yes, there you go. That is the exact game. Red, red team, yeah. So I, I know. they play good defense when they run half zone, half man mm-hmm. against a running quarterback, but the rest of the time they run full man. And what's their record been since then, Randy? Oh, and something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I think the problem is coaching. I don't know why Matt Patricia doesn't, you know, do this more often. Run a little zone. Throw, mm. you know, throw in some changes out there because the other quarterback, if you're just going to give a man to man, he's going to be able to pick you apart. Yeah. I think throw throw him a little bit of a curveball, Matty P. Like your job's on the line this season, and you know, sure, yeah, good good for you. Got to win, and you did the right thing by playing some zone. But can you do it the rest of the year? Is the big question. Yeah. As Han Solo said, "Don't get cocky, kid." Oh man, I don't think I've ever <laughs> appreciated you more as a father than right this moment when you made a Star Wars reference. Just keep going, will you? All right. Well, you know who keeps going? Russell Wilson. <laughs> that man is out for that MVP trophy because he took the Seahawks and defeated the Cowboys 38-31. This is the second week in a row Russell Wilson has thrown five touchdown passes in a game. Ooh, wow. uh, he has 14 touchdown passes altogether the first four weeks. That is an NFL record. Russell Wilson... Is there any quarterback in the league right this second that is better than him? Um, Patrick Mahomes. Ooh, I think it's a toss-up. I think Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes is magic, and we're going to yeah. talk about him in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, good win for the Seahawks. They go three and zero. The Cowboys fall to one and two. Dak Prescott even had a great game. He threw for like four hundred and fifty yards, a few touchdowns. So no knock on Dak. I mean. Poor guys just saddled with a team that just <laughs> isn't as good. And an owner that's and an owner that none of us that like doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The other four o'clock game on Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Broncos in Denver, twenty-eight to ten. Mike Evans, though, star receiver for the Buccaneers, you'd think uh, you'd think he'd have a big game, you know, being the number one receiver, but he ended up with only two receptions for two yards. Hmm. But he had two touchdowns, so <laughs> I guess, you know, goal line threat Mike Evans this year. But 28-10, Tom Brady and those Buccaneers look like they're humming now. Looks like they're finally clicking after that first weekend debacle. I forget who it was, but there was a running back many years ago that his stats for the game were three carries, three yards, three touchdowns. Man, I wish I could remember who that was. I'm sure you could but, find it. <laughs> but, but that was it's kind of similar to what's going also, on Also, my favorite thing from this game was uh, anybody who has watched the famous cart uh, comedy central show south park 
knows that it is based in Colorado and the kids in the show are Denver Broncos fans. And I don't know if it was the creators got a hold of them or if, or if the Broncos thought of it, but seeing all the cardboard cutouts of every single person from <laughs> South Park in the stands was pretty cool. Yeah. And was... was the only highlight for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. All right, moving on. In the Sunday night game, the Green Bay Packers showed why they might be the best team in the AFC. Sorry, the NFC. 37-30 to over Drew Brees and the Saints in New Orleans. Uh, this is Green Bay's first win on the road in New Orleans since... 2008. You know, I'm going to give you one more shot. We're going to go back a decade. Uh, 1998? Week 16 of 1995. Mm. That's a long time. I was six years old then. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, G- Green Bay just, man, can anybody stop them? They're putting up points every week. Yeah, this was a good game. I was, I was really looking forward to this This game is the tonight. one I didn't get to see much of. I know Alvin Kamara yeah. for the Saints looks incredible. He's, he's a, a guy you can just dump the ball to, and he's going to make plays with his moves and his speed and his bot. Like, he's just a big dude. Yeah. All uh, right. This, this was a good game. Yep. All right, and our final game of the week, the Monday night matchup last night, which saw the Kansas City Chiefs. Beat the Ravens 34-20. to And uh, sure, that score, it's only a two-touchdown game, but let me tell you, if you watch that game, it didn't feel that close. It never at any point felt like the Ravens were the better team other than that first drive. Yeah, really early in the game. I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lamar the, Jackson? Uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson. He was running like a madman. He looked great doing it, too. Yeah, yeah. And, I was like, how are they going to stop this kid all night? Yeah. Like, he is just... So firing he, on all so he was running like a madman, and and uh, uh, the quarterback for the the Chiefs, he was passing oh, like mean, a madman. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'm having a tough time with names today. Apparently. But I mean, they're they're both playing uh, out of their mind early on, and as the game went along, you could just see that that Patrick Mahomes just uh, he was on fire last night, and he he couldn't be stopped. Oh, like, I know. The whole like, team couldn't be stopped. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, his stats last night, 31 of 42, 385 yards. He threw four touchdowns. Unbelievable. And on the opposite side, you had Lamar Jackson, who was 15 of 28 for 97 yards in one touchdown. Passing yards. Passing yards. What, what did he have rushing? Does have uh, for his rushing, he had nine carries for 83 yards, no touchdowns. God, almost as almost as many uh Rushing yards as he did passing. I know, he did not look good when it came to passing the ball last yeah. night. I think there were so many uh, drop passes oh, by his yeah. receivers. I mean, some of them weren't his fault. Uh, the receivers had them right in their hands, and they just dropped them. And I was glued to this game because, yes, I had fantasy implications. But hear me <sighs> out real quick. I would have lost. There was a throw to the tight end, Mark Andrews, in the end zone. Had that had been caught, my buddy who I was playing last night would have beat me. But the fact that he dropped it... It was unbelievable how many drops this guy had all night. It saved yeah. me a fantasy game, which I know you don't care about. I do not. I do not care about. That. I I know, but I'm just saying, like it was just drama for me. And uh, what a if you're a Ravens fan, it's so disheartening to see a guy who's so clutch usually just dropping five six passes. It was incredible. And and Lamar, I don't know what you know if the spotlight was too big for him at, at that time because you know you're playing Patrick Mahomes you know, right. even though you're the league MVP you're playing the Super Bowl MVP yeah. former league MVP like Patrick but Patrick Mahomes fastest quarterback to 10,000 yards in NFL yeah. history you know goodness gracious what what can't this kid do yeah Lamar like I said Lamar Jackson uh, some of his passes were way off the mark but others were right in these receivers hands and and they dropped yeah. several 
that they should have been sure catches. So we'll see. Like, can can the Ravens bounce back the rest of the year and you know fine tune some things and make this a closer contest in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Well, after three weeks, we have seven undefeated teams and eight winless teams. So we'll see how we fare next week after uh, after that schedule. Oh yeah. All right, are we moving on to college scores? Sure. I guess you're you're the one running the show, not me. Okay. Uh, week four in college football. Uh, let's start with the games that were postponed. You had Notre Dame at Wake Forest, Temple at Navy, Tulsa at Arkansas State, South Florida against uh, Florida Atlantic, Georgia State at, versus UNC Charlotte, and uh, those were all postponed. And another one was North Texas versus Houston. Now, get this. This is the fifth game in four weeks that's been canceled uh, on Houston, either canceled or postponed due to COVID-19. Houston has not played a game yet this season, and their next game is scheduled for October 8th against Tulane. Hmm, I wonder if that'll get canceled. Yeah, five games in four weeks. They, you know, the other team... has a an outbreak of COVID nineteen, and so the game gets canceled. And one week they actually tried to schedule somebody else when the first game got canceled, and that game got canceled also. So poor Houston, they haven't even gotten on the field yet this this year. So we'll see. Maybe uh, soon they'll actually play a game. And one game was totally canceled, and that was number seventeen Memphis against the University of Texas San Antonio. So let's talk about the games that did happen. You had number two Alabama over Missouri, thirty eight to nineteen. You had Kansas State upsetting number three Oklahoma thirty-eight to thirty-five, number four Georgia over Arkansas thirty-seven to ten, number five Florida over Ole Miss fifty-one to thirty-five, Mississippi State upsets number six LSU forty-four to thirty-four. Mississippi State quarterback K.J. Costello had six hundred and twenty-three yards passing and five touchdowns in that game what a performance i think they said this is the first time a a defending national champion lost in week one since like 1998 or or lost by double digits could be you know they they always you know schedule a cream puff for the first couple weeks usually but uh, you know can't always can't do that this year so yeah uh, surprising that uh, lsu lost in that first national champions already taken down yeah all right, it was number eight, Texas over Texas Tech, 63-56 to in overtime. Oh, let's not gloss over that. That was a heck of a comeback. They were down 56-41, uh, to 41, and they came back, and they were able to tie it up and take it to overtime and then went with a game-winning drive there. It, just a heck of a shootout, a heck of a game we caught the tail end of. Yeah. It was number 14, Cincinnati over number 22, Army, 24-10. to I was surprised because Army was up early in that game, I thought. And, and uh, you know, we switched away from that and went to another game and come back. And then next thing I know, Army's losing. Uh, and finally, in our scoreboard, Tulane over Southern Miss, 66-24. to Wow. And that's it for this week's World of Football scoreboard. Uh, you can go online and check all the other scores from, from college football if you want. But uh, we, we pick out a handful each, each week, um, usually ones in the top 25 and a few other blowouts. But, uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Go, moving on to some NFL news. Uh, two women assistant coaches and an official appeared in one game. Uh, this, was, this was getting the news everywhere. And yeah, I, th- I thought NFL this was great. NFL first. Yeah. Uh, Callie Brownson, an assistant coach with the Browns. Jennifer, Jennifer King, an assistant coach with Washington. And Sarah Thomas, 
I was on the officiating crew. There was some really nice pictures of the three of them on the sidelines before the game. Uh, they, they took some pictures with their masks masks on, and then they all took their masks off and, and got yeah, some I saw the ones pictures. with the masks. I was like, man, that, I mean, it's yeah, This is a big moment. you gotta you got to take the masks off. Just hold your breath and get some pictures because this is a, this was really something else. I mean, Sarah Thomas has been around the officiating world for several years now as, uh, you know, as the first female uh, official in, uh, in the NFL. Uh, but these... And these other ladies have been around, I think, for a season or two. But this is the first time they were all in one place, in one game. And uh, I just thought that was really cool when they when they talked about this happening. And then once the game got started, you know, they, everybody's doing their job. And right. you don't even know, you know, what's going on. But it was nice that they uh, acknowledged that before the game. So that was pretty cool. That was a really cool moment. Uh, let's see. We already talked about the Titans-Steelers game. Uh, might be postponed this week. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have to see how that goes. Uh, you think it's going to be nothing. I think it might be a little more serious. I, I think, I mean, it's it's three players, five uh, staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, could it, it could be more uh, after they do some more testing throughout the week, but we'll have to wait and see. And if, if the Vikings uh, get cleared of, you know, testing too. But I think, you know, they could isolate. If it's just those number of guys, you can simply isolate them. If everybody else is, you know, test negative right. and you're good, then, well, you know, then I think you can go about your operations as, as normally. You're just going to act like you had three injured players and you have a bunch of staff that didn't show up. Well, you know, they increased the size of the practice squad yep. this year, so that that's what this was for. If yep. a couple of players can't go in a game, you've got extra guys yep. uh, that are ready to go. You know, just so, plug them in. Yeah. I, I see no real uh, issues yet. Okay. Uh, but that's not to say that something can go wrong, because if we find out it's n- more than the three – that yeah. we're being told right now. If we find out it's 10 or 12. Well, I, what I saw is said nine players tested positive. Now, I don't I, know if I had read the three, I unless that's new information from what I read from this yeah, morning. Things are always changing, but, yeah, uh, I read there was nine players, and, you know, you were saying three players and five on the staff, which is eight people. Things change all the time. I don't know. So, anyway, hopefully it, it won't interfere with the games, but... Um, but, I mean, health and safety first. Yeah. Yeah, and then you get into the... the whole conversation of well what do we do with that game can we replay it who's got a bye week uh that that might work for one team but not for another and then but you're involving a third team that they have a few ways there. they could do it they could they could either figure out how to swap bye weeks around which is more complicated i i don't get paid to do that mm-hmm. so i'm not gonna even try the other option is obviously you already got built in the fact that they said that they would push the super bowl back to the end of february mm-hmm. if needed which could give you some breathing room either right. before the playoffs you know uh, to have maybe a week 18 hmm. to maybe, you know, if you need, if more teams, something happens to maybe give you a week 18 or 19, just to kind of, you know, make sure everybody gets the same number of games in. So I'm sure the NFL's got, got it figured out for the most part, unless like we said, something catastrophic happens that we can't foresee kind of like this pandemic from the beginning. Yeah. Well, you saw where the, the governor of Florida, Oh, is, God, is we even have to talk about easing, this? Easing up on the restrictions, which I think is stupid. But when you think about it, they have the College Football National Championship game in Tampa. Yeah. And they have the Super Bowl in, in Miami. No, in Miami. No, Super Bowl was in Miami last year, so they got the championships. Uh, the Super Bowl is in Tampa this year. Okay, well, then, so maybe the, then the college is in Miami. Miami. Yeah, but, yeah, they're in Miami and Tampa. So they've got these two huge games, national TV, uh, and I think – that might be what's pushing opening some of this because we don't even know if there's going to be any fans at the I'm, Super Bowl. I'm waiting to see a spike after the the 
Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup last night, just you saw people shoulder to shoulder out at bars and mm. oh my god, celebrating the Lightning winning. Um, I'm sorry everybody, but your team literally just won the championship in a bubble where they in were Canada. safe <laughs> in Canada. And here you morons are in Florida, just right. You know, gosh, I feel so bad for some of the the people like the servers down there who are all wearing their masks, and you just see a bar right. full of people with no masks. Oh god! I just I think this is. I'm waiting for the Florida spike. Florida is one of those states that is not doing a real good job right now on uh, keeping the the amount of infections down. So this is this is terrible. Just a, a terrible. Well, move we'll, we'll see. I mean, you would you would like to think a governor would open a state back up, thinking, oh yeah, we got it under control and blah blah blah. But Florida has not shown any sign of having it under control. No, it they, is Florida after all. They mentioned the Super Bowl when he was talking about yeah. opening it up, so I know that that's that's a terrible reason to do this. Yeah, what they're doing. Uh, going moving on to some college news. The Pac-12 is back. Uh, they're going to begin a seven-game conference-only schedule on November 6th, and their championship game is going to be December 18th. The Mid-America Conference is hey. back. Yeah, that affects us. A six-game conference-only schedule beginning Wednesday, November 4th, and the MAC championship game is going to be December 18th or 19th. And the Mountain West Conference is back. Hey. They're, they're going to begin on October 24th. This means that all 10 conferences, FBS conferences, are now back in action for this fall because you had the Big Ten last week announce right. that they're coming back. So those were the four that weren't playing. So, yeah, and we talked about um, uh, Air Force uh, playing only three games this year for the Commander-in-Chief Trophy. Well, now the whole uh, Mountain West Conference is back, so uh, they're all set. So, I mean, I didn't think we'd see it. I, I didn't either. No, I thought um, once they canceled, that was it. I'm pleasantly surprised, but at the same time, you know, I hope they can stay safe. We're already seeing all these other – you mentioned – you literally read off a bunch of cancellations for games. Um, I'm hoping that these other schools, when they come back, have better protocols and better, mm. you know, uh, ways of going about getting, you know, these games played safely. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. But right now it's all about that dollar, and <laughs> yeah. it's about getting your team into the college football playoff apparently. Yep, absolutely. And one other college story that came out is that the uh, NCAA has approved an FCS spring playoff format. Oh, yeah, we brought this up last week. Yeah, um, they're going to be having 16 game, sixteen teams rather than the 24 that they normally have. And it's going to begin on April 24th with a championship game in the FCS being played May 15th or 16th in Frisco, Texas. Uh, no word yet on uh, the schedules. You know who's going to be playing. You know how they're going to get their schedules in. But they know that this is when they want the season to end for the FCS schools that are going to play. I assume that uh, the handful of teams that uh, played this this fall or are playing this fall, uh, they won't be playing again in the spring. And they want to turn around and get it. And their records hopefully will you know maybe help them get a playoff spot if they do real well. I don't know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. They they know when it's gonna when the playoffs are gonna be, but no word on any of the schedules yet. When their seasons are gonna start, or who they're gonna play, or anything like that yet. So uh, I just thought it was interesting that uh, the NCAA said, okay, yeah, this works for us. This is your mm-hmm. schedule uh, as long as it's done by then, because they're they're looking to turn around and play a fall schedule right after that. That's yeah. why they wanted to have it done by it gives you a good mid May, mo- three months to prepare right. for the next season. Right. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So we'll follow up on that some more if uh, if things change there. Uh, Arena Football TV on YouTube. They posted a couple of games this past week. Uh, the New England Steamrollers versus the New York Knights from 1988. 
the LA Avengers uh, versus the Orlando Predators, a game from 2005. And I missed this one uh, the week before. They posted a game of the Cleveland Gladiators at the Arizona Rattlers from 2016. Um, so, and already they're, they're posting more this week. We'll have an update on some of those games next week. But uh, a lot of fun, you know, rewatching some of these old uh, arena football games because, God, we just, that was such a big part of our lives for 20 years. And uh, I do miss it. Yeah. Hopefully they can bring I, it back. I miss it every day. Some form or another. Yeah, I sent you a picture of uh, 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 some helmets from like a women's tackle football league in Mexico, I think it was. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, uh, because uh, the, the... I saw the picture. The I, thing was all in Spanish, but somebody down there is using the old Grand Rapids Rampage logo. Uh, they they tweaked it just a, a little bit, but it's... It's the same logo. I know. I tweeted at him and I said, "Nice logo." I see you are also fans of the Grand Rapids Rampage? Yeah. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you didn't say it in Spanish, they may not understand you. Yeah. But, okay, let's move on. We do have uh, four obituaries to talk about this week. More than we like to talk about in a, in a single week, but yeah, this is uh, this is but where we, we. But we lost the legend. We're we're gonna get yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, this is where we take a moment to honor those who made the world of football a better place. And we're going to start with uh, Bob Atkins, who played defensive back in the NFL for nine seasons. He's passed away at the age of 74. Atkins played college football at Grambling State and was selected in the second round of the 1968 NFL draft by the St. Louis Cardinals. He played for the Cardinals in 1968 and 1969, and then he was traded to the Houston Oilers, where he played from 1970 through 1976. He went on to become an assistant football coach and the women's head basketball coach at Prairie View A&M between 1984 and 2005. Atkins then became the school's director of athletic operations and retired in 2011. All right. That's you. You're next. I know. Hey, give me two seconds. <laughs> right, Get off your phone. Leo Sugar, uh, who played defensive end in the NFL for nine seasons, dies at the age of 91. Sugar played his college football at Purdue. He played fullback his first year in college, but was then switched to defensive end. He was selected in the 11th round of the 1952 NFL draft by the Chicago Cardinals. However, Atkins was drafted into the Army and spent time serving in the Korean War before joining the team two years later. He played for the Cardinals from 1954 to 1959, and also in 1960, after the team moved and became the St. Louis Cardinals. Atkins also played for the Philadelphia Eagles in 1961 and finished his playing career with the Detroit Lions in 1962. Our next obituary is Durland Moore. Durland? Durland? We'll go with Durland. Durland Moore, who was a defensive lineman in the NFL for 14 seasons, has passed away at the age of 68. Moore played college football at Oklahoma and was selected in the second round of the 1973 NFL Draft by the New Orleans Saints. He played for the Saints from 1973 to 1985. He finished his playing career with the New York Jets in 1986. Moore was inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame in 1991. He was also un inducted into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame in 2004. All right, and our final obituary is that of NFL legend, Gail Sayers, one of the greatest running backs to ever play in the NFL, and has passed away at the age of 77. Sayers played his college football at Kansas, where he earned the nickname the Kansas Comet. He was the fourth overall selection in the 1965 NFL Draft by the Chicago Bears. 
He was also selected with the fifth overall pick in the 1965 American Football League draft by the Kansas City Chiefs. Sayers chose to sign with the Bears and played in Chicago from 1965 to 1971. He tied an NFL record with six touchdowns in a single game in December of 1965. In a game against the San Francisco 49ers, he ran for four touchdowns, caught a pass for another, and also had an 85-yard punt return for a score. He was named the 1965 NFL Rookie of the Year. His career, unfortunately, was cut short after only seven seasons thanks to knee problems. Sayers' autobiography, quote, I am third, unquote, was published in 1970. One part of the book was turned into a TV movie in 1971 called Brian's Song, starring Billy D. Williams and James Caan. It told the story of his friendship with then-teammate Brian Piccolo. Sayers was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1977, the youngest player ever inducted at the age of 34. His number 40 was retired by the Bears in 1994. What a legend this guy was. Yeah, you know, we we do these uh, obituaries, and a lot of times they're, they're people that I have never heard of. But I start looking into their careers, and I think it's important to honor these these men. Yeah, no and, obituary is too small. I mean, th- yeah, this, their their greatness will always be bigger than this little blurb we read. And I think even just having any sort of understanding, or even just hearing some like I I had never honestly heard of Bob Atkins, Leo Sugar, or Delar, right, uh, Derlin yeah, Moore. I, I hadn't either. And then it's un- I mean. I'm glad we get to sit there and talk about them and sure. and talk about their accomplishments about their on the accomplishments, field, but maybe what they did after the game. And, and it, I mean, it does also stink in comparison because now we we also have to talk about a legend whose right. byline is a lot longer than some of these other guys. But it goes to show you that you can be a legend or you can just be a guy who played football, and you know you're. I, I think you're equal. It doesn't matter how big that byline is. It's. Yeah, you know. Well, so many people know of Gale Sayers. Whether, oh, yeah. you, whether you watched him play, he was a little bit before my time as a fan. but It's a name you hear. You, you know of him. There are so many videos of him. In fact, I posted yeah. one today of the game where he scored his six touchdowns. You get to see all six yeah. of those touchdowns. Uh, there's so much written about Gale Sayers, and, and people know the name. Uh, these other gentlemen, you know, they, they served in obscurity. They need to be uh, mentioned and talked about uh, on their passing. And even though this obituary that I wrote was longer than the other three, uh, it does not do justice to the man's career. No, none, none of these obits do any justice. No, to, I mean, no. it's just enough to, to thank them and honor them and, to, you know, just give you some little tidbits of, uh, you know, this person who was crucial to football. Because I think every person who comes in and out of a football team, regardless if it's professional college or any level, I mean, they're crucial to the game. Because guess mm-hmm. what? That that person could be inspiring to another guy that, you know, maybe you have heard of. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, we honor all these guys, you know, the big names, the little names, you know, the, the big obits and the small obits. It's, yeah. you know, we, we appreciate them because the game wouldn't be where it is today if it weren't for these guys. Well, I actually saw Gail Sayers once uh, in person. Did he get his autograph? I, I didn't speak to him. I didn't get his autograph. What is your deal with but skipping out and, on meeting famous people? He and people? I were both at a Barbara Mandrell concert in Goshen, Indiana, in either the late 70s or early 80s. 
And I just remember, you know, they were about to start the show, and they always bring in one or two singers to kind of warm up the audience. And, and somewhere before Barbara Mandrell came out, they announced that Gail Sarris was in the audience. And uh, they had him stand up, and he, he stood up, and he waved to the crowd. And I'm like, oh, I have Gail Sarris right over there. And so I did get to see him. And that was you my... didn't go up and introduce yourself no. and say, sir, in 30 years, I'm going to have a podcast. And... No. You know. I did not go and talk to him. I didn't want to bother him, but some kid did run down the aisle. And, uh, you know, this is outdoors at a county fair, but they ran over to him and got his autograph, probably for his dad. Hey, son, go get his autograph. Um, You're quicker than me, and yeah. this corn dog ain't going to eat itself. <laughs> yeah, he'll never turn down a kid, but he might turn me away if I run yeah. down the aisle. Kind of like something you did with Indomitian Sue. Yeah, when I what told What did you deal with avoiding people? I told your little people. brother to take that helmet and go over there and get Indomitian Sue's autograph on a Nebraska helmet, and yeah. he did. He got it. He got it. He wouldn't have signed it for your ugly butt, <laughs> probably but for not. a kid, yeah. it's a different story. But uh, Brian's song, you probably have not seen the movie. I have not. I've seen bits. You know, I've seen. They made know, a remake. Clint. Don't bother with that one. You want the original with the Bill OG. D. Williams and James Conn. This was a made-for-TV movie, and it's only a little over an hour in length. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I defy any red-blooded man to watch this movie and not cry at the end of it. I've any... cried. I, I'm staying away from the movie. I may have to watch it again. But, yeah, I have cried watching that movie because it's just, it really gets you. Yeah. The, the things as, that happen. As somebody who cries at, you know, uh, children's movies and at Batman movies, I'm, I'd am i probably be a big puddle. So Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this this was like, uh, the story comes from one chapter in his autobiography, I Am Third. And I've been meaning to add that to my collection of, of books and, and read his book. I, can and literally I haven't done it yet. It. In fact, I, I stopped in a bookstore the other day to look for it because I know I've seen it on the bookshelves recently. And I guess I was at the wrong bookstore. So I know I can find it uh, around here. But, yeah, that's one game, uh, one book that I do want to add to my collection. So I'll be doing that oh, look very, at that. I found very it right soon. here. Right on Amazon. It took me two seconds. Yeah, I know. Not everything in the world has to come from Amazon. I know it's in a bookstore But it's here, great when it does. And I'm going to go find it. But, yeah, really sad to hear Gail Sayers. I guess he had dementia. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my dad had that. And so I, I know how um, how awful that is yeah. for for the family and all. But, wow. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. Well, we do have some birthdays today. Oh, and happy birthday to this first fella. You might have heard of him. Go ahead. A uh, little, little old Cal, Calvi Johnson. Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson. Yeah, you know, uh, 35 now, went to Georgia Tech. I don't know if a lot of you guys know this kid. Uh, he was the <laughs> second overall pick there in the 2007 NFL Draft by the Detroit Lions. Played nine seasons with the team. Earned the nickname Megatron uh, based <laughs> off of them Transformers there because he's a big dude. Uh Played from 2007 to 2015. I don't know why I dedicated to this accent, but 731 receptions later, 11,619 yards, and he is currently on the ballot for the 2021 Pro Football Hall of Fame. This dude could ball. He needs to be a first-round Hall of Famer. That's all I can say. We debated this a couple weeks ago when this came up. He probably won't be, but I think he should be. I think, and it's hard because we're Lions fans, and yeah, we're probably biased because of it, but I mean... Calvin Johnson, while he was playing, nobody wanted to play against Calvin. Matt Stafford or whoever the Lions quarterback at the time could just heave it up to him, and the dude would make a play. Uh, he's unfortunately been wrapped into several, uh, well, one really famous uh, play with the uh, follow-through of the catch. What do they call that? Uh, oh, you had to. Uh, he didn't complete the process. Complete the process, which will live in infamy in Detroit sports lore. Uh <laughs> You know he'll he'll have that he'll have two of the the greatest catches you'll ever see one was three guys on him against Dallas the other one being 
uh, three guys from Cincinnati. They just showed that highlight again today. Yeah, yeah the NFL. I, I've reposted that one on Twitter. So fantastic. The guy, ugh. Yep. I know we lost that game, but I watched that replay and see him do it. I'm like, that dude was just special. <laughs> and, and on top of it, he had a 300-yard receiving game against the Dallas Cowboys, which led to the famous Matt Stafford fake at the, at the line to jump and mm. win the game. Yep. Uh, and also, I believe that was the same season he broke Jerry Rice's receiving record. Hmm. So Calvin Johnson was an incredible player. The Lions, unfortunately, have the organization itself, uh, you know, didn't pay him or to ask for money back from him, rather, which is an unfortunate thing. I saw a lot of fans today when the Lions tweeted out, oh, hey, happy birthday to Calvin Johnson. And you look at some of the comments underneath, and it's everybody saying, pay the man his money back. Like, repair this relationship. <laughs> And yeah. I think one guy even specifically said, I'm not yelling at the guy who runs the Lions Twitter account, but you need to pass it up the up the line, the, the <laughs> chain of command, that they need to fix things with Calvin. So yeah. hopefully they do. I mean, Calvin Johnson, in my opinion, he's one of my three favorite players of all time. Yeah. Uh, and not just, I mean, that is, well, yeah, Lions of all time. I guess players mm-hmm. is a different list. But my all-time favorite Lions, Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford are my three favorite Lions of all time that I've gotten to witness. You know, the Lions had one of the greatest running backs of all time. They've had one of the greatest receivers of all time. And I don't know if Stafford will go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but at least for our our team, he's the best quarterback we've ever had. Might yeah. not have any championships to back him up. I've been watching. But as look. far as talent and just – and this isn't about Calvin Johnson now, but he had, Stafford's had 35 career uh, come from behind wins since – 2010 since he's been in the league that's more than anybody so yeah dude's pretty good when you know he's pretty clutch yeah i've been following the lions since 1975 and matthew stafford is the best quarterback we've had in 40 years and that calvin I've johnson seen. is the best wide receiver you've probably ever seen well whoa don't um, even do this to me well I'm, I'm thinking tight end uh charlie sanders was really good but he was a tight end not a wide receiver calvin, uh, oh man herman Cal- moore Herman Moore was pretty good, but Herman was, Moore was pretty was darn it good. Was Calvin too. Johnson good though? He, I just think Calvin Johnson did some stuff. I don't think Herman Moore could do. They're, they're I love a, Herman Moore. They're one A and one B. <laughs> okay, another birthday today for September 29th. Coach Bum Phillips, born on this day in 1923, he passed away in 2013 at the age of 90. He was a head coach of the Houston Oilers from 75 to 80, and the New Orleans Saints from 81 to 85. He's the father of Wade Phillips, who was the, you probably know him as the head coach of the Denver Broncos, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I've been a defensive coordinator for several teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah all over the place. But Bum Phillips, uh, you might have seen a video of him. Uh, he used to parade around on the sidelines wearing, especially when he was with the Oilers, wearing cowboy, hat? cowboy boots, uh, a huge 10-gallon white cowboy hat, uh, you know, and, a, and a, you know, like a cowboy shirt. I don't know. It wasn't really... Uh, plaid but you know it was it was a uh, I, I just consider it a cowboy shirt a huge belt buckle and he was oh man he what a character he was uh so yeah uh, bum phillips uh, born on this day in uh, 1923 okay uh see so you're looking at your phone anything pop up in the last few minutes uh, nothing big just yet if it's fantasy football texting not, i don't want to hear about not, it um no okay don't worry okay for football stories all right well, let's, uh, while you're doing that, let's move on to our two-minute history lesson this week. And this week's story is about Bob St. Clair, an NFL player by day and the mayor of Daly City, California, by night. There was a time when NFL players didn't make a lot of money. They routinely held other jobs during the off-season to make ends meet. 
but one player took that job to a whole new level. His name was Bob Sinclair. His nickname was The Geek because of his unusual eating habits. He was known to eat raw meats and raw eggs. At the age of 17, he and his girlfriend, Anne, eloped to Las Vegas and got married. St. Clair played college football at the University of San Francisco. They went undefeated in 1951 and were set to play in the Orange Bowl against Georgia Tech, but the team voted not to play in the game because the bowl did not want the team's black players to participate. The school dropped football after that season due to money issues. St. Clair transferred to Tulsa, where he played his senior season. He was selected in the third round of the 1953 NFL Draft by the San Francisco 49ers and played tackle in the NFL for 11 seasons between 1953 and 1963, all with the 49ers. He played on the offensive line that paved the way for the team's million-dollar backfield, which consisted of quarterback Y.A. Tittle and running backs John Henry Johnson, Hugh McElhenney, and Joe Perry, all Hall of Famers. St. Clair blocked 10 field goals during the 1956 season and was a five-time Pro Bowler. He also holds the unique distinction of playing high school, college, and pro football at San Francisco's Kizar Stadium. He played 189 games over 17 seasons there. In 2001, the field at Kizar Stadium was named Bob St. Clair Field in his honor. St. Clair and his wife had six children and lived in Daly City, California, just south of San Francisco, since 1956. With that many kids in school, St. Clair got involved in the local PTA. This led to him being elected to the city council, where he served from 1958 to 1964. He even served as the mayor of Daly City for three years from 1961 to 1963 while he was still playing in the NFL. He became mayor at the age of 30. During his time as mayor, Highway 280 was being built through the city, which brought many new jobs and prosperity to the city. Daly City had a population of around 44,000. St. Clair was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1990. His jersey number, 79, was retired by the 49ers in 2001. He's also in the Daly City Hall of Fame. Many NFL players have gone into politics following their NFL careers, but Bob St. Clair did it while he was in the midst of a Hall of Fame career. How do you find these people that you choose to talk about? <laughs> uh, these stories just come to me sometimes, because you know, I'll be thinking, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm going to do for next week's history lesson and all of a sudden something will jump out at me hmm. uh, from somewhere whether it's a, a tv show or or, or if whatever. i give you a suggestion yeah and sometimes you'll give me a suggestion and i'll say hey that's kind of good and sometimes you look into these stories and there's not a whole lot there yeah and and others you're like oh my god how how does how have i never heard about this right. before and then, then randy's got to make up stuff in there so people believe it like oh he ate raw meat blah 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 all this stuff is probably fake that's true oh what I listened to an interview with him, and and oh, he talked about that. How he oh, used boy. to, his grandma used to, uh, be cutting up meat on the kitchen table, and she'd be throwing scraps to the dog and throwing scraps to him too. And he says, "I had to fight the damn dog to get scraps of meat, raw meat, because that was 
that's what he likes. So yeah, right. real really weird guy, but uh, interesting. Yeah. All right, what do we got next? All right, we're going to move on to our predictions, our NFL Ooh. predictions. Now, let's talk about last week. Yeah, give me a – how did I do last week? You went 9-7 and seven last and week. That ain't bad. Yeah, but I was 10-6. and six, Oh, I so, hate you. Uh, I was just a little bit better. Um, uh, so, so far, after three weeks, you have a record of 30 correct and 19 – or 18 wrong. Mm. And I have 32 right and 16 wrong. So oh. I'm only uh, ahead of you by two games. I still got to make up some ground. <laughs> so now we're going to get into predicting – Week four in the NFL. And so, we'll see if we get all these games played. Uh, I think yeah. I, I started last week, so we're going to start with you this week. Okay. Uh, and a game that was dubbed, because you we, we've been talking, and we've talked about how <laughs> football is like a good slice of, I mean, is, is pizza, or however that analogy was. Yeah, I sent you that. I, I, I think it was pro football talk that. that yeah, what they say, up. like, you know, even uh, a bad piece of pizza. Is really good. Is good, you know. Uh, but, comparing football to pizza. Yeah, oh, and it, it was a perfect comparison because this game we have first, the Thursday night game between the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets, is ketchup on crackers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this game. Other than the little bit of yeah, fantasy I, implications I have, I could care less about this. I don't this. think I'll be watching much of this game at all. Uh, this will probably be the best game of the week. But oh, yeah, I just, they'll probably both look great yeah. uh, for two terrible teams. Uh, so you get to go first. It's the Denver Broncos traveling to New York to play the Jets. Well, I'm usually I take the home team uh, if there's a question, but I'm going to take the Denver Broncos to fly across the country and beat the New York Jets this week. So give me the Broncos. Yep, uh, same thing, same exact reasons. Uh, I think the Jets are terrible. They are a dumpster fire within a dumpster fire. Well, they could surprise you at home, but no, they can't. They are terrible. We'll and see. I will eat my words if uh, <laughs> they end up winning. Do you need some raw meat? Uh, if I, I will eat a piece of raw meat on this show <laughs> if the New York Jets find a way to win. Don't do that. I, I'll probably get sick watching you do it. All right, the next game, the Baltimore Ravens uh, travel to Washington. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens. Uh, I don't even have to think about that. All I have to see is Washington football team, and I'm taking the Ravens. You know, I wrote down Washington on here. I'm not sure why, but you know what? I'm going to stick with Washington. No, don't do I'm it. I'm going to take the the Washington football team at home. I think uh, maybe... Oh, no, don't do it. Maybe crazy. the Baltimore team has been showing their You're true like colors. You're inviting <laughs> me to come back on the picks. <laughs> I'm going to give you this one. I'm going to take Washington. Wow, I don't believe it. All right, in this game, if it is indeed played this week, whether it be Sunday where it's scheduled or on Monday night where there's rumors that it could be put as a second game... Hmm. The Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Tennessee to play the Titans. And if this game is played, sir, who do you got? Give me Pittsburgh. Both, both teams 3-0. and Yeah, give me Pittsburgh. Uh, I just think Pittsburgh's got a little bit more on the ball. And Tennessee, even though they're at home, uh, give the edge to Pittsburgh. You know, I would give it to the Titans at home. Uh, I think the as, as good as Pittsburgh's been, I think the Titans showed a lot of grit in that Minnesota game, watching them firsthand. Okay. Uh, they impressed me. Uh, Tannehill's better than I think we we all expect him to be, uh, which is still not great. But he, he's good and he's solid. He he made some good throws. He's got some weapons and Derrick Henry is your running back helps. Okay. All right. Next game, the L.A. Chargers travel to Tampa Bay to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, whew, this is gonna be a tough one. Uh, give me the Bucks. Uh, I think the Chargers are better than you know their record. I, I think with Herbert still uh, learning. You know the rookie quarterback. Uh, it still could be an interesting game. I think it'll it'll be a, a competitive game. You know, maybe not a close game, but I, I think they'll both uh, score a number of points. And 
Give me Tampa Bay, though, at home. Yeah, the old veteran against the rookie. Yeah, give me the veteran. All right. Uh, the next game, the Seattle Seahawks travel down to Miami to play this, the Dolphins. Uh, who you got? Let's see. I have Seattle in that game. I don't think Se- Seattle can travel any farther than going to Miami. I mean, that's got to be the farthest trip that they make Probably. In, in the course of a year. But, uh, yeah, give me Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Yeah, it's hard to bet against the Seahawks right now. As good as the Dolphins looked last week, the Seahawks looked five times better. Russell Wilson's thrown 14 touchdown passes so far this year. He's got yeah. some good receivers, and they're going to put up some points. Uh, another good game, though. A lot of these games this week, they're they're really, really close. I mean, you you know you're going to favor one team over the other, but these are going to be some close, well, some close I, hard This one fought I see games. more of a blowout than... Well, I think that'll be entertaining. Well, entertaining in, in as far as Russell Wilson's going to probably throw five <laughs> or six touchdown passes. The Minnesota Vikings, if their game is played against the Houston Texans in Houston... Uh, this is tough. Both 0-3 teams going into this game. Um, I, I like some of the weapons the Vikings have. A lot emerge from it. But the Texans, you know, have a couple of guys too, but they're just not the same. And I'm going to take the Vikings to win on the road to get their first win. Uh, give me the home team, Texans. All right. And the next game, the Detroit Lions, our Detroit Lions, host the New Orleans Saints, who have lost two straight. Both teams 1-2. and two. Uh, who do you got in the Motor City? Uh, give me New Orleans. Uh, you know, New Orleans gets to snap their two-game losing streak and, <laughs> and get back on the winning ways. And yeah, I, I don't give Detroit too much uh, chance in this. Yeah, game. I'm not bought into Detroit just yet. Yep. Uh, I think this game will tell me a lot. Then the Lions go into a bye, and we'll see where we are. I would love to be wrong again. I, I would love to be wrong as well. The Cleveland Browns travel to Dallas to play the Cowboys. And this is tough for me. Uh, Dallas at home, it's going to be a close game. Uh, but the Browns have played decent the last couple of weeks. But I, I don't, I'm going to take the Cowboys. I think I've been wrong every time I take the Cowboys to win. Yeah, I'm I'm taking Dallas too. I'll be rooting for Cleveland, but uh, give me the Cowboys at home. All right, here's, here's an interesting game. The Jacksonville Jaguars travel up to Cincy to play the Bengals. Who do you got? Another good matchup, uh, Gardner Minshew against uh, Joe Burrow. Um, I'm actually going to take Cincinnati at home. Yeah, give me give me the Bengals getting their first win. I think Burrow finally puts it all together against this reeling Jags team. Mm. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts uh, travel to Chicago to play the Bears. The Colts undefeated? I believe they are. I think both of these are undefeated teams. Oh, another undefeated matchup. Oh, boy, this is tough. I, give me the Colts. I, I think the Colts are the better team. Uh, the Bears, I just... I just don't see it. I think they're fool's gold. They got a new quarterback in Nick Foles, and uh, I think their fortunes are going to turn around. As a Lions fan, I wish they would have kept Mitchell Trubisky because he wasn't going to lead them well, anything. against us. Yeah, yeah but uh, now I'm going to take the Bears at home with their new quarterback. All right, the Arizona Cardinals, who we just saw, go to Carolina to play the Panthers. This should be an interesting game, but you get to pick first. This was a hard one to pick. Uh, you know what we saw of the Cardinals against Detroit was was not what they're typically showing, uh, and the Panthers, you know, being at home and uh, boy, uh, I'm going to take Arizona. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to take Arizona. I think Arizona bounces back. Yeah, I do too. I think the Cardinals are going to after they saw how bad they played against the Lions, they're going to say, you know what, we we're, can be better. We're better than that. And I think they're going <laughs> to bounce back. Everybody's laughing at us now. All right, the next game, the Giants at the Rams, and the Giants stink, and the Rams are pretty good, so I'm going to take the Rams. Yeah, Rams for me too. Uh, Giants, 
Yeah. And, there, and they got to travel across the country. Here's an interesting game. The Buffalo Bills travel to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. Who do you got in that new shiny stadium? You know what? I'm actually going to take the Bills to go into Las Vegas and win a game there. Uh, I think I, they're a little bit better team than Las Vegas, and uh, the, the Bills are rolling, so I'm I'm going to go with a hot hand. I can't agree more. The Bills are going to show John Gruden exactly what a high-powered, high-scoring offense looks like. <laughs> uh, the New England Patriots travel to Kansas City to play the Chiefs, and as much as I like New England's chances of maybe upsetting the Chiefs, I think this is a, a spot where the Chiefs could be vulnerable because, I mean, it's New England. New England's had Kansas City's number. Uh for a couple of years, but I'm going to take the Chiefs. I think Mahomes at home this early in the season, uh, give me them, the, the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think um, uh, New England quarterback um, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. He's a lot like uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's he's a lot of running. You know, he may get some running yards, but uh, when it comes to you know having to make the throws that really count uh, in, a, in a pressure situation. I don't know. Uh, I'm taking the Chiefs also. All right. The Sunday night game. The Eagles travel to San Francisco to play the Niners. This should be interesting. Who do you got? Give me the hometown San Francisco 49ers to, to beat the Eagles. You know what? This will be one. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles to, to bounce back after, you know, they tied last week. Uh, you know, they got some good pieces there. Let's just see if they can finally put it together. And it's probably a long shot, but I'll take the Eagles. Okay. All right. And in the last game, the Monday night game, the Atlanta Falcons travel to Green Bay to play the Packers. Uh, give me the Packers. Uh, <laughs> and whatever whatever the spread is, I, I take that time to send because I think the Packers are going to run all over these Falcons. The Falcons have blown – Two leads the last couple of weeks. I don't even see him getting a lead in this game. You just took what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't think the uh, the Falcons are going to get a chance to to blow a lead in this game. They're they're not going to have any kind of lead in this game. I don't think so. Yeah, Packers all the way. Monday night football in Green Bay with or without fans. Take the Packers. All right, and that's the picks. All right. Did you come across anything else that you wanted to mention before we, we call it a No, week no breaking news. I thought maybe we'd get some more uh, info on the Titan situation, but mm. alas, we do not. All right. Uh, then lastly, uh, let's go down our list of upcoming events. November 17th, the first college football playoff rankings will come out. On December, 20, uh, December 20th, the college football playoff selection show, where we'll know which four teams are going to be in the FBS playoffs. January 11th is the College Football National Championship game in Miami. And we'll see. And uh, February 7th, the Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. Yeah. So, yeah. If you just bothered to look at your notes. <laughs> well, yeah, I would have had to turn the page over to see what yeah. was on the back. But, but that's yeah. it. Yeah. We're that's, done. That's our upcoming events. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how we did on our picks next week and see uh, what kind of stories we can come up with. Uh, I'm sure there'll be... Uh, Oh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of stories, especially with this COVID story, if it yeah. develops any further. Yeah, that, that could be the main topic. Oh, well. 
Well, that's uh, all the time we've got for this week. If you learned something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo, where we post a lot of unique stories and pictures, as well as highlights from all over the world of football. You can follow our Twitter account at TWOF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast are posted every Tuesday, except for a couple weeks ago when it was on a Wednesday. Yeah, we had And are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So please subscribe, rate, review, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation. And remember, folks, some people may love football more than we do, but nobody loves more football than we do. Join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in and around the world of football. Until then, I'm Randy Snow. And I won my fantasy game this week. And we'll see you all next week. I love how you sighed there. <laughs>